This is Ask Dr. E, where Dr. Michael Easley answers your biblical or theological questions in 10 minutes or less. Today's question comes from Jeff. Jeff writes, has the Lord's Prayer been misinterpreted? Does the line, give us today our daily bread, mean daily food or the bread of life? Does the Greek word, you're gonna, what is it, Ask Dr. E? <laughs> <laughs> Epiusis. Does the Greek word epiusis used in the prayer have another possible meaning? I'm confused, Jeff. <laughs> Let's answer this just real quickly, and then we'll talk about some observations about why this is such a great question. First of all, it's a safe conclusion to say it means give us the bread we need today or sustenance for today, if you want to be technical, or sustenance for the coming day. And let's talk about why this is a great question. We have two accounts of the Lord's Supper. We have one in Luke chapter 11 and the other in Matthew chapter 6, which is a broader context. The one in Matthew is a little longer. The reason I bring this up, this is the only place twice in the Bible this word is used. So that's why Jeff's question is very keen, very important. In fact, most Bible students would miss it. Whenever you have a rare use of a word or, or infrequent number of uses, it leads to great speculation. It's a puzzle for theologians and Greek and Hebrew students. So it makes a lot of fun. But historically, this word has been very debated. Let me give you some of the interesting ways it's been used. It's been used, as I said, sufficient for today or tomorrow. It's been referenced to manna which is very intriguing because the manna came every day but one day, right? Mm -hmm. Some think it means enough to endure the future. Some believe it's referring to Jesus where he says he's the bread of life, which of course was Johannine theology where Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. And beyond that, then you step back on the whole of the Bible. Bread is the sustenance. Bread is the foundation of life, bread and water. And then, of course, when you come to the Lord's life, he's the bread of life. He is the blood shed. He provides liquid and food, if you will. So there's a lot going on in this phrase. We don't want to get too off course, but this is where context is king. Let's go back to some principles. Usage determines meaning. How a word is used is how we determine what it means. So when you look up in your English dictionary, you might have one, two, three meanings. And I've used the silly illustration of a peanut before. And so how that word is used defines what it means. And with this word, we only have two uses. So what do we do? We go outside the Bible. That's called extra biblical language. It's still Greek, but it's how is it used beyond the literature of the scripture. And this can be very helpful. It can also create some confusion. And that's why we have many of these different ideas. Now, when you read the Lord's Prayer, one of the things to keep in mind is, to be precise, it's really the disciples' prayer. Mm -hmm. Because if you remember the story, the disciples in both Matthew and Luke, they come to Jesus and say, teach us to pray like John's disciples. And so he says, when you pray, pray like this. Now, Matthew's account has a different introduction to the text, as does Luke's. The point is, Jesus is saying, when you pray. So it's not the Lord's Prayer in that how Jesus prayed, it's the Lord's Prayer as the source. He's the one who told the disciples. That makes sense? Yeah. So it's the disciples' prayer. This is how you guys pray. Now, keeping that in mind, 
would it be complicated and wrought with eschatology and wrought with layers of theology and hard to understand? Perhaps. But it's always good hermeneutics to keep to the plain, clear context. And so as we look at the rest of the prayer, we see it's pretty straightforward. Forgive us our debts or trespasses as we forgive those. That's not complicated. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's not complicated. Don't let me be succumbed by my temptations. Give me the fortitude to resist and help me get away from that. So what you're doing when you do lexical work, which is words, syntax, which is how they're used together, and then let's jump to theology, how we use it in a bigger setting. How is this language used? So you're looking at word definitions, usage of those words, and then what they mean in the context, the way they're used, and then how the Bible would use this in a broader scope, which we can't do with that particular word. So that's sort of the dilemma we're in when we have these unusual terms. Mm. When you grew up, did you pray the last part of the Lord's Prayer, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever name? I think so. I don't yeah. remember. I mean, it, it doesn't seem like I didn't and then relearn that later. You know, I mean, in my, in my mind, it was always included. It's in Matthew, and it's a very disputed passage in the Greek critical text huh. world. And so the Catholics don't use that. They end it before that. And the Protestants have always said, for thine is the kingdom and power and the glory forever and ever. Amen, which is in Matthew chapter 6. The broader text of Matthew 6, and last thing I want to say on this, is this whole section of when you pray, when you give, when you fast is so important and often overlooked because Jesus is giving them this tremendous foundation for what we later call the Sermon on the Mount, chapter 6, 7, and 8, and how you tie all this together. How does one live righteously? When you pray, this is how you do it. When you give, you give in secret. When you fast, you don't make a pretense about it because the Lord sees these things. Mm -hmm. And it's a beautiful construct that Jesus gives us in the larger picture of how Matthew records the gospel. But anyway, that's my take on a very good catch by Jeff. I think it's very safe to say our daily sustenance, or you could say for what's coming for today and tomorrow would be a very good interpretation. I love it. All right. Well, if you've got a question for Dr. E, call us, text us, email us. The info is below. Ask Dr. E is produced by me, Hannah Seymour, mixed and mastered by Sonomorphic, and music composed by Jason Germain. 